practice so you can do. I mean, I can force it. I just choose not to. The alphabet for kids. <laughs> That's a good trick. Kids always like that kids one. Love that trick. Space Force. I'm Kyle. I'm Sean. Maximum Overdrive notes. These notes. Maximum terror. Maximum sexiness. Maximum Overdrive. I think uh, our our movie. When uh, when it's released, we should have ACDC score it. Akadaka, <laughs> Akadaka, Akadaka, Akadaka. Uh, real quick before we get into it, Stranger Things season three. Oh uh, yeah, I watched the first two episodes last I night. I don't want to talk about it too much because um, I don't have too many positive things to say about it. I don't either. But uh, I actually like the first two seasons, but so far I'm not into it. I don't. I never watched the second season, but I'm watching the third season because my friend likes it and trying to be a good friend and watch it with her. That's why I don't want to say too much about it. <laughs> she's going to listen to this and be like, she, what? You, lo- you don't like it? So she occasionally listens to the podcast. So, you know, whatever. But What's her name? Um, I'll make sure I put her, her in the show notes so that she knows to listen to this one. <laughs> her name is Maria. <laughs> um, first thing, uh, I was watching it. Um, I realized like, our opening song to the podcast sounds similar to Stranger Things. Yeah, want, no shit, because I we were doing it. I want to get in front of this. Um <laughs> I did watch the first season of Stranger Things years ago when it came out. Didn't like it that much. Never really thought about it too much again. I was unashamedly trying to copy Tangerine Dream when I made the podcast song. And that's also what they did for their theme song. So it's just kind of like... I was just going to say, we're just copying like weird 80s synth sounds. And that's really what this... <laughs> yeah, no. I specifically wanted to do Tangerine Dream, but like louder and more industrial sounds. So it's just convergent um, ripping off. I didn't rip off Stranger Things. I ripped off Tangerine Dream. I ripped off the same thing they ripped off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, again, I only watched the first two episodes so far, but I'll say uh, really not a lot going on. They could have taken those two episodes and combined them somehow and cut a, a bunch of shit that didn't didn't go anywhere. I feel like we're getting the, char- the same character development that we already got. Well, the, the other thing I want to bring up, I guess, kind of goes into that, is uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas... Uh, accidentally created the some like a whole generation of bad filmmakers or bad <laughs> creators um because what you, it uh, is, is you and i included i don't think so because i'm not inspired very much by the the 80s output of spielberg or lucas at all. i don't care about indiana jones i think star wars is boring uh close encounters is worth watching once jaws is spielberg's best movie in my opinion that was 79 yeah but anyways, um, my what about E.T.? Uh, uh, we're about to have a fist fight if you yeah, don't like E.T. Uh, E.T.'s all right. So a lot of people, J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof, the Duffer Brothers that make Stranger Things, uh, Joss Whedon, all these people that are like basically the acolytes of Steven Spielberg's 80s output. They were, I don't know, juveniles in that time period. They saw these movies and they wanted to recreate them, but uh, because they were like twelve-year-old nerds, they didn't um, underst- seem to understand any of the humanity of the movies. So everything they make is just this bland, middle-class, sexless, bloodless pastiche of like pulp sci-fi garbage. <laughs> and that's my problem with um, I was like Cabin in the Woods when I brought it up, and um, most of Joss Whedon's output beyond Buffy. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, man, this shit's like, I mean, Jocelyn really hasn't done a lot. Well, actually, I like Firefly. That's like, not yeah. really like the same So basically what I'm saying is Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, you're on notice. You guys fucked up. You made a whole generation of. <laughs> hasn't George Lucas been on notice for a really long time? <laughs> yeah. But the deeper cultural critique at this point, like, man, you made a whole generation of just losers. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a lame empty pastiche of the, pastiche is the, the, the aesthetic of the 80s but like no no none of the humanity that spielberg puts in his movies no one seems real well i mean i talked about this in, in season you haven't seen season two of stranger things no when they t- when uh um when he, when lucas what the hell is that kid the the douche, douche kid's name the one that uh oh the one that's the villain in this one yeah um, Billy, Billy, that's it. Billy, and Billy confronts Lucas. He's like, "You don't belong here. You're not. You get out. You, you, you don't belong here." They, uh, they, they tiptoed around. They the dance race, around fucking racism. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's what he means. That's what I mean. That's it's so bland. Yeah, it's like well, they're afraid to actually confront it. 
Well, it is, uh, they are just middle class white boys from the 80s that didn't ever experience anything. I'm real. a middle class. Uh, we're not boy from the yeah, I don't think we're, we're from the 90s. <laughs> I don't know. We'll move to Arizona somehow. Yeah, we moved to Arizona because we sold our house in the Bay Area for. No, nah, not more. Than, no, it was right before the market. Yeah, took off. So was, mom did not, and my dad it was not more gonna... money than comparable houses yeah, were in yeah, Arizona. True. So we were able to move to a wealthier neighborhood and go to high school with wealthier kids. But we weren't like those kids, were we? No. Like <laughs> the first time when my first I, the first time I met someone that that actually uh, skied was when I moved to Arizona. <laughs> no, like my first day of school out here in Arizona was like legit culture shock because it was like what what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because it was a different class and also everyone was mostly white, which was really weird for me. Which I know it sounds weird to say as a white boy, but I wasn't used to being around all white people all the time. Yeah, I know. Um, well, you said it once in one of the other episodes, but I think we grew up in a, a very racially diverse area. One of the most racially diverse areas yeah, in the, the U.S. Yeah, the North Bay is one of the most racially diverse areas in the United States. Like uh, Vallejo, Fairfield, Stockton. Yeah, that whole area is like... Yeah, Modesto. You know, Concord a little bit. You know, outs around there. Not like you go further out to like Hercules, right? That's where the rich people live, I think. And, uh, um, Dad's friend from work uh, lived in Hercules. He's black. Oh. Maybe not then. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think it's like this now in the Bay Area. It's, it's gotten a lot I, more. Um, it's more white now. Yeah, because it's tech um, bros. It's really expensive to live there. That's why people are starting to make movies about it, like um, Blind Spotting. And there's another movie coming out called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which looks like a great movie, <laughs> but it is about just like, hey, you guys are destroying the city, you stupid tech bros. <laughs> I guess that's the thing is I just find these things just completely unrelatable. Like the output of these uh, Steven Spielberg children. <laughs> well, then you should relate to uh, to the Briars, right? That's uh, those are your people. The buyers, the buyers. Yeah, yeah. I guess kind of because they're the poor kids, but they also um. I'm that's the thing is like we were into nerd shit when we were kids, but most of our time was outside playing basketball and riding bikes and shit. And these kids are just like, uh, I don't. It's hard to like relate to just. Being in your basement, loving Star Wars, and playing D and D and stuff. Even though those things were on my like radar, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. But I was just now nah, fucking go play basketball, box in the front yard. Oh, I know? remember that. This is a Hawaiian's fight. Yeah, yeah. This is a Hawaiian's fight. Yeah, because our neighbors across the street were Hawaiian. Yeah, and their cousin would come from Hawaii, and he tried to show us how Hawaiians fight. And he had his thumbs out, which seemed... Uh, it's it's like, like a good way to break your thumbs. It's apparently how Hawaiians fight. Not a great way to fight. So I guess Hawaiians are uh, weak. Or that 10-year-old kid was lying to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that's enough of c- culture critique of 80 pastiche modern I The one thing I, I've, that bothers me about... Uh, the, the biggest thing that bothers me about the, the Stranger Things thing is just how much they seem to be playing on the nostalgia bit like when they're walking through the mall it's like hey guys don't you remember sam goody sam goody guys look it's sam goody yeah i just feel like that they're well, constantly shoving in my face how much this takes place in the 80s and just make it incidental well this is um so i'm gonna do another pretentious little uh tangent i guess oh god, god. but uh the french philosopher baudrillard has oh shit called hauntology <laughs> Which is where um, capitalism, capitalist society basically runs out of ideas. So what they do is recap- recapitulate pastiches of things of the past, nostalgia baiting, that sort of thing to uh, harken back to a better time. And it's basically creatively bankrupt and its sole purpose is to reestablish capitalism and get you to consume more. And uh, that's Stranger Things, right? That's Let's go to the mall. Man, another thing Today! Too is, um, <laughs> Aside from using Tangerine Dream occasionally and the Dudes and Survive, the synth band that does like the music. Yeah, their music is in the, the score. The, every other song they choose, like the, you know, to, when they insert pop songs, it's like these are songs that like no one thought were cool in the 80s. Like, what the fuck is this garbage? Nah, everyone liked Corey Hart in the 80s. Oh, I guess I don't know because I wasn't alive in the 80s, but. You know, sunglasses. I, the first season I just they haven't played Police Truck by the Dead Kennedys yet. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a big hit. I think the hardest band they've played is The Clash. Yeah, and it was Should I Stay or Should I Go? Their <laughs> fucking radio pop hit. Yikes! I, thought, I bet they're like, yeah, we'll get punk credit for this. One. <laughs> well, I guess they're just now getting to like eighty six or eighty seven, right? I think they're eighty five right now. Oh, 
Um, yeah, Dead Kennedy's around. Fucking, it's on Public Enemies about to start dropping shit. You think they're gonna put that in Stranger Things? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Public Enemy is gonna be huge in Stranger Things. Yeah, in this suburb in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Elvis was a hero to most. <laughs> Elvis was a hero to most. John Wayne's a racist. <laughs> yeah, everyone agrees on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, they're making money. We're not. So. <laughs> Wait, I yeah, guess that's the way it's gonna continue. I guess that's all, all that matters, right? That that makes them better than us. So that completely just abolishes my argument. Well, I'm depressed. I Thanks. Got, I got no to st- got no leg to stand on. All right, Netflix podcast didn't over. Buy Space my TV show. Netflix didn't buy my idea for a TV show about a trans black woman who starts a riot and inadvertently creates a gay pride for all time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I bet it's Netflix a historical drum. They'd buy that. I bet Netflix would buy that show. It would have to be like super diluted and like uh, commercialized. Oh, I don't think so. What about that? Um, uh, shit. What's it called about the Central Park Five? This is how they we see it. They see us. That oh, how they see us? Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, but that wasn't a Netflix produced picture. That was something that went to Sundance, got great reviews, and Netflix decided to distribute it, which they're fine with doing. But I don't think their original content like pushes any limits. Yeah. We'll see, though, they're willing to spend, like, $70 million on Martin Scorsese's new movie. Yeah, but it's Martin fucking Scorsese. Yeah, this thing. Yeah, but they don't let John Landis direct anything anymore, you know what I mean? (laughs) Even, like, some of the great directors of the 80s and 70s and stuff, like, they can't get work now. Maybe, but I feel like Scorsese, there's, like, great directors, and then there's people on Scorsese's level. There's Whether or not you can say like people are as good as Scorsese, but they don't have the same acclaim or or, or um, outplays or, or awards yeah. as, as Scorsese. Actually, there isn't anyone comparable to Scorsese except for like real olden times, like John Ford or something. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, John McFeeny, right? We talked about how his real last name is McFeeny. <laughs> <laughs> John Ford, that's a tough name. Marion. All right, well, uh, <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. Stephen King. Starring Stephen King, he's the really the first line of dialogue. <laughs> hey, hey, Sugar Bum! Sugar Buns, check I'm gonna start calling Court Sugar Bums see if she uh, she gets upset about Sugar Buns. Uh, this uh, machine calling me an asshole. So the, basically, machines come to life and they're tired of being slaves, right? Uh, presumably, I think it's uh, aliens or uh... oh yeah, because they say at the end, surprise, Russians shot Russians shot down a UFO, <laughs> and they also. Uh... Emilio's character talk to characters talk about or talks about how he thinks that uh, it's aliens. Yeah, this is their plan to uh, exterminate the human race before they take over the Earth. I mean, that's a pretty good plan on the aliens' part. Uh, I don't know if we can trust Emilio in this movie though, because he's just he's just a good old boy. <laughs> Never mean no harm. Yeah, he's we, not a good old boy. Uh, well, let's break it down. He works a minimum wage job at a diner, and he has a criminal record, so that means he's bad. <laughs> He's the hero of this story. He's a he's a real doer. Yeah, I, I obviously as being facetious because I have worked plenty of minimum wage jobs and I have a criminal record. <laughs> I've worked plenty of minimum wage jobs. I don't have a I don't have a criminal record. Yeah, but what you do have is a wife and kids. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Emilio, uh, Emilio is very handsome in this movie. Emilio is always very handsome, except for um, he's too short for his female counterpart. Man, I don't mean nothing. I do like that they don't even try to put him on like an Apple box. Yeah, they don't bother. Stephen King's like, yeah, whatever. I like when she's there's a part where she's terrified, as you would be when machines are killing everyone. (laughs) And she he's like, Can I put my arm around you? Or you stick me with that razor? (laughs) And then they like hug it out and I was like, Wouldn't have been it would have been interesting if he actually did just like put his arm around her and he had to like reach up. I guess that's exaggeratory. He wasn't that much shorter than her, but it was a noticeable difference. Yeah, a couple inches. Um, she has a very beautiful face too. I don't, I'm not like familiar with her outside of this movie. I don't think, but I was like, hmm, interesting. And she looks like she's dressed kind of like Elvis Costello when she's first introduced, which is a cool style. Eighties were interesting. You think that, and then you watch Stranger Things. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no, I guess they worked. <laughs> Oh, the sets are so bad in season three too. Have you seen the uh, Soviet like secret base yet? Ye- I mean, I think it shows up for a couple seconds in season in episode two. 
I don't really remember. It. <laughs> this is an episode about how much Stranger Things. <laughs> nah, <laughs> so far, we're gonna talk about Stranger Things. Yeah, this, uh, the sets are really bad. Um, I mean, I, we I already made a joke about this, but ACDC was the wrong choice to score this movie. Why? It's Akadaka. <laughs> there's a couple times where it works really well. Like, and actually, the opening, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But there's some times, like especially when the kids like just rolling through uh, the the town and like oh, the sprinklers are going off. <laughs> T. <tea. laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a real kind of a melancholy scene almost. It's right. It's like fucking AC DC. <laughs> also, uh, I know it's been said before, uh, but it really stands out in this film how much every ACDC song sounds like every other ACDC song. <laughs> they could have just been playing the same goddamn song through the whole movie. I feel like it's just one long song. <laughs> Uh, so the first big action set piece is uh, right away. They get right into this movie. Yeah, basically, uh, there's a sign outside the bank showing the temperature. Then it goes, goes "Fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you." And then the ATM's like, "You're an asshole, you're an asshole." And then the machinery that uh, runs the drawbridge decides to just put it up with cars on it, yeah. and chaos erupts. There's watermelons flying everywhere. <laughs> we see at least six people go through windshields. Yeah. <laughs> Cars are rolling downhill. Mm. Uh, there's one shot where they show a speedboat going to the bridge, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that speedboat should just crash right into a pylon. <laughs> <laughs> there's a motorcycle guy that um, slides off his motorcycle and somehow like falls in between the machinery of the bridge, and he's he makes a, uh, a really good scream as he falls. He's like, <laughs> but then he's just landing in the water. He'd probably swim. Maybe not. You don't know if he can swim. That, the big thing for me is just the watermelons. There's a watermelon truck. And when it first starts, too, and they start getting raised up, you see all the watermelons rolling. And it's like, oh, God. No, not the watermelons. <laughs> this guy's watermelon shipment. So much shipment. delicious. This guy's watermelon shipment is ruined. And there's people slipping in the guts of the watermelon and <laughs> stuff. It's total chaos. I like when there's one watermelon that's, uh, you see it through the moonroof. Coming down, down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you see it from so far away. And, <laughs> and the like, camera <laughs> angle shows it coming. It's great. Yeah, the scene's actually pretty cool. Very like hokey '80s corny shit, but it's it's great. Which is that's all this movie is. You just have to look at the one of the best movie posters of all time is for this movie. It's like really corny, like metal album cover looking. There's a corpse like mashed into the grill of a semi. Yeah, you're like fuck yeah, maximum overdrive. <laughs> the uh, uh, one thing before we get too far away from the opening, um, they don't need the opening scrawl with the, about the comet. Cut that. Oh, no, they need it. It's, I mean, if you want to make a good movie, you don't need it. But for the, everything else about this movie, they absolutely need it. <laughs> I liked it better without it in my head. And they just show... Because they, they talk about it on like a radio program, like right almost the very beginning. And then they mention mm-hmm. a couple times about the movie. I feel like there's enough information about that, that we don't need that the little opening scrawl about the comet. Yeah, there's, like, I feel yeah like, that's true, I guess. I feel like but I like King it is trying it to is. make like a, a 50s... Oh, no, he Stephen King honestly was not trying to make... He was trying to make a corny movie, yeah. you know? Like, it's supposed to be campy, like, 50s sci-fi sort of right. thing. Right. Absolutely. The Sunday it's, Drive-In. The problem is... A like, double he, feature. He just kind of, like, didn't even get that right. <laughs> but he's so, like... That's the thing is movies where it's like slightly off base but still entertaining like this is like it makes it a fucking amazing movie in my opinion. There's also two aspects of this movie that I really like in horror movies. Uh, specifically, they're usually in zombie movies. Well, and, I mean, this movie is kind of written like a zombie movie, yeah. but just trucks instead. Like you mentioned, I like in zombie movies where the slow escalation to where they realize what's going on. So like you hear it over the radio and there's just little occurrences happening blah, blah blah and then everything pops off and then i also like when people are like fortified in a location so like day of the dead dawn of the dead that sort of thing it's like, oh we just got to try to survive while we're in the gas station like in this movie that makes me enjoy this movie because i just for some reason that concept is always really interesting to me mm-hmm. stephen king goes on to do a better job of it in the mist <laughs> <but> <laughs> Uh, trucks this short story trucks that this movie is based off of is where he got the initial <laughs> inspiration i guess <laughs> no one starts a cult in that diner though Nah, well that's the weird thing about mist is like they're only in there for like three days and it becomes such like a microcosm of society in those three days <laughs> like there's a crazy religious cult leader <laughs> I guess you maybe in that stream of situation, end times where there's just weird monsters in the mist. You're yeah, like, like you're I, immediately, I got an idea for a new religion <laughs> based on monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I love this movie. I'm glad we re- we revisited it because I was like, you know, I haven't seen it in years. It's gonna be terrible, and it was not very good. 
but it was also very entertaining. I remember liking it as a kid, and I still like it for probably the same reasons. Yeah, I mean, there's a semi truck with a green goblin head <laughs> on it. That's one of my notes. Like, I know the fucking green goblin when I see him. Which is, they obviously had to license it from Marvel. Right, well, that was a truck that already existed. Like, did Marvel think Green Goblin was a very marketable character at some point in the eighties? <laughs> I have a feeling it wasn't. It wasn't licensed. Well, I mean, I've been. I've been around. Marvel is like basically bankrupt at that point, right? Or is that into the nineties? Yeah, it's into the nineties. But um, I mean, I've been in like Vegas and I've seen like Captain America towing, and I I know for sure that was not. Uh, that was not licensed. Oh, they'll need to be careful now though, because uh, Disney owns them. Disney's yeah. very serious about it. Do you hear this? Uh, father can't put spider-man on his son's tombstone because disney will sue them no all right everyone go see endgame again so you can support disney you fucking corporate bootlickers <laughs> this is what you're giving money to yeah so that's how you're giving money to no matter what do you think any corporation is better well, you can't I'm... live life without giving money to some shifty soulless corporation so what you're saying is there's no ethical consumption under capitalism well no sh- well there's no ethical consumption under anything what are you fucking talking about <laughs> I, just, I, you, you, I mean, you think who do you think you're going to put in charge of anything that is that is ethical? Like, do you think people on their base level are ethical? Well, no, it'll be um, a sophisticated AI. <laughs> oh yeah, the, 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 which what sophisticated AI? Are I you, haven't met one. Well, we're going to make it. It's going to be called Skynet. Oh, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you're right. Nothing should ever change. Let's give up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, that I mean, wasn't my point either. But go ahead. <laughs> this is what happens when machines take over, anyways. <laughs> Oh shit! Speaking of Skynet, uh, have you seen um, Walmart Terminator in Stranger Things season three yet? No. <laughs> Again, I've watched two episodes. He's in the first episode. He'll be back. It's that he's like a square jawed. Oh yeah, 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 I did see him. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back um, riding a motorcycle, being a shitty Terminator. <laughs> That's the, this, so. This season is uh, you got Walmart Terminator, a bad version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, Miami Vice is that the name of the show? I don't know. Or Magnum P. The one, one of the. It's only, every season they basically just wholesale copy something from the eighties or a few different things from the eighties. So those are the main things in this one. Oh, Red Dawn, obviously, because of the Soviet shit. <laughs> Wolverine. I don't I mean unless it turns into like a full scale nuclear war and like a guerrilla war with the Russians. I don't know that that Red Dawn's a an accurate. Well. Fuck. Did you spoil Stranger Things? Yeah, the scale's all over the place. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the scale's just right in this movie. We don't. This isn't some Michael Bay shit where it's like the here's the U.S. government battling trucks. <laughs> Which like, it, so my thing is, what is the machine's plan? So they'll have to enslave the humans, right? Well, again, the, the machine's pl- plans isn't to... Um, there isn't no machine plan. It's the oh. alien's plan. The UFO. I'm, Their plan is to take over the Earth. That's not absolute specifically the, what's happening in the yeah, movie. But the UFO? It's implied. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could just be a magic comet. And what about the UFO that the Russians shot down with their their lasers and their missiles? They get high off the comet dust. <laughs> they were just yeah, those are just like teenage aliens. Yeah, so I mean, I guess there's a there's a scene in the movie, you know, towards the end, where they the trucks basically enslave the the truck stop yeah, folks, to get, gas. get gas, and that's how I picture it. They just push these humans around into the brink of death. Like continue refining oil. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. They maybe. just have a, a like you know one group of humans drilling for oil one group of humans refining oil and then another group of humans distributing the refined gasoline i guess that's all they need right well yeah. they'll, someone will have like mechanics and stuff like yo fix my drivetrain yeah, right but yeah so they only need they just need a small group of humans that they can push around kind of like skynet it just kind of happens in the movie you know like they're going about their day emilio's trying to cook some breakfast and then bubba yeah, he's got eggs on he's like hey bubba i got eggs on I like that. That's like, yeah, eggs on. Yeah. That's fun. And uh, so his boss is going to make him work nine hours, but only clock him for eight. Wage theft. Wage theft, yeah. Wage theft, yeah. yeah. It's pretty common. I saw uh, it. It's one of the most common types of theft in the United States. Yes, it's actually the most common. I believe it was like $23.6 billion in 2018. Yeah, I know it was a couple years ago. I didn't know if it still was, so I don't want to. I actually have a chart saved on my phone. Did you? For 2018. Just, I, I actually... Um, so it's it's interesting to me. It's something I I'm interested in, but also uh, 
Um, sometimes, like, when charts just look really good, I'll be like, oh, I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, described like, so, yeah. data as beautiful on Reddit, is that what I just heard? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not subscribed to any Reddit or any subreddit specifically. But, yeah, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good chart. I'll keep that one. So, yeah, it was, uh, a lot of money is wage theft. I-, I will say that Bubba lasts a lot longer as a free man than I would allow in, uh, in this type of situation. Especially... So, politics aside, because I might just kill him because he sucks. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the world's going to hell? I'm really tired of this guy, so now's the time. But aside, politics aside and personality and stuff, like, he is so shitty that he is, like, a detriment to the group's safety. Right. Like, you probably just would want to get rid of him to benefit others. <laughs> and that's how you become Stalin. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, I, when I'm in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's this whole Stalin thing. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. The the scene where they uh when uh, Billy it's Billy right uh, Emilio's character yeah Billy Billy and fuck I don't know remember her name whatever the female Elvis hero, Costello Elvis Costello go downstairs to find the guns and then Bubba shows up he's like oh Billy when this is all over I'm gonna call the fucking cops and get your ass arrested I'd be like well motherfucker I guess you're gonna spend the rest of your time here in the basement I would have just locked him in a room and forgot about him I probably would have just shot him. Like eh. I mean, like I, call I don't know. Like in the end of the world scenario, I don't feel the need to like kill people uh, needlessly. Like you know, it's not needlessly. Like I said, you gotta for the benefit of the group. Um, he just becomes the first prisoner of the new world. Uh, I guess. I'm, but like, then you gotta watch him, and you know what I mean. Like well, he has no power anymore, Kyle. You gotta feed Money's him. Money's not and worth stuff. anything. Look at how much that guy eats. <laughs> He's gonna be eating a lot less. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and you still need access to all the guns and. Yeah, well, he's not getting locked in that room. Oh, he'll be locked in the room where randomly there's a mattress to have sex on. Yeah, that one. <laughs> With all the naked women pictures mm-hmm. along yeah. it. All the, like, where you mas- that's where everybody masturbates when they're off <laughs> yeah, shift. That's the masturbation room. There's like a nice little mattress in there. Tons of pornography on the wall. I want Stephen King to explain this one to me. What was that? What was going on there? I don't know. Is it like, they, all right, these are my favorite centerfolds. I got to put them up. <laughs> Weird. Weird shit. I guess maybe that's what life was like before the internet, though. Uh, that part. Uh, that's when you find all these nudie magazines in the woods. Yeah, you just, yeah. <laughs> Secret <laughs> masturbation woods. Remember, oh, shit. Remember um, when uh, uh, two houses down, they moved out and uh, sold the house to those two weird dudes. And then they just abandoned that house. And we broke in and there was, like, nudie magazines everywhere. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. Like, a pile of them. Yeah. Yeah, what a time to be alive it was. <laughs> the internet existed then, though. What were those guys even doing? Well, I guess the internet no, was shitty then. This is like 1992, so. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was like, no, we definitely had a computer when I was like six. We just didn't have the internet. <laughs> or did we? We may not. I don't, maybe no, we didn't have a computer size like eight. Yeah. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, so that that's all people had back then was <laughs> magazines up until probably like 2000. Because even if you had like. 56k modem it's not like <laughs> i've got time for pictures to load all over the place yeah or well man how times have changed the acceleration of personal technology <laughs> access to pornography oh we gotta talk about uh fucking lisa simpson and edward norton why because um that guy looks like edward norton Emilio Estevez? No, the two, the just married couple in the movie. That's oh. Lisa Simpson, Yearly <laughs> Smith, and the dude looks like Edward Norton. Yearly Smith, Lisa Simpson, apparently only uh, twenty years old in this film. Yeah, she looks way older than that, but she, she's got a weird face. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, what? What's wrong with the face?" <laughs> but it's just like the proportions are off. You know what I mean? It's not like she has a debilitating physical issue. It's just her face is kind of <laughs> weird. And all she does in this movie is yell. No, nah, she bitches a lot. She just yells like, ah, damn it, Scott. Is it, no, Stuart? Something, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, they are the, these two are the best characters in the movie. Scott or Stuart, whatever his name uh, is. These guys in the Bible salesman is pretty good, too. Uh, I fucking cannot stand the Bible salesman. He's a very interesting, well-written character. Yeah, I don't like him. A very good, uh, very Stephen King character about how religious people are kind of, you know, shysters. But uh, he's fucking annoying, especially when he's, like, dying in the ditch and yelling. It's like, shut the fuck up and die. Just fucking die. Scott, or whoever, uh, he's, when he's first introduced, it's like, whatever, he seems like a nerdy wimp. He's falling down, getting run over by tow trucks and stuff. But then he becomes actually pretty heroic. And it's like, oh, that's cool. 
But uh, my favorite uh, line in the movie, he gets, and it's um, before anything really pops off, they're driving, uh-huh. and uh, he's like, oh, we'll stop at the next gas station. And oh, yeah. he's like, oh, I have to, that's good, I have to pee. And he's like, oh, can I watch? <laughs> he's like, She's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> he's like, oh, can I watch? She's like, no, you can't. It's a number two. <laughs> that's he's just like, funny. But I was thinking, immediately when it happened, I was like, oh, well, that's weird that they wrote that in the movie. That's kind of strange. But then I was like, damn, you married this woman, you haven't even seen her pee yet? It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to last. <laughs> Is that how you, you got to see him pee before you marry him? Yeah, I've like, like, I have like, um, not, I've, in the course of my life, I've watched like non-romantic female friends pee just because <laughs> you're about party business in a bathroom for reasons <laughs> and someone has to pee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you just see girls pee. Because you put cameras in the bathroom, Kyle, is where you want to confess? No, I was talking more about like, doing cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> someone had to pee. Like, you're in there with your girlfriend, and then your girlfriend's girlfriend, and then, like, another girlfriend you have, and, like, one of them... Wait, how many girlfriends <laughs> do you have? <laughs> not all of them are romantic girlfriends. Oh, you mean girl space friends? Yeah, sometimes, though, it is, like, multiple girlfriends. There was a period in my life where I was, like, kind of in a throuple. <laughs> when you were kind of in, like, an Alan Moore situation? Yeah, essentially. So, I mean, like... Pff- Seen both them pee, pee at the same time, pee with them, pee on them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in that R. Kelly shit. I don't know if I actually pee on them, but I was, I was like, yeah, I don't know. It happens. It's happened before for sure. I mean, like, if it happens in dancing, whatever, it'll wash right off, but eh, I don't get any sexual gratification from urine. I'm, yeah, but sometimes you just gotta try it out. You're like, I don't know, maybe I'll be into it. <laughs> I feel like maybe in some situations, but you gotta know beforehand whether or not you wanna be peed on. Yeah. I feel like I can go in most situations, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm gonna be into getting peed on here. Yeah, I don't know. I've like, um, like one girlfriend I had. Like, anytime we'd go swimming, she'd like grab onto me from behind and be like really loving, and then pee on me. But it was more of a joke than anything. <laughs> so, like, do that, I know this girlfriend, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, she, uh, some of the, you and her used to do. We used to pee at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try to pee between our legs. It was like before we were going to get in the shower anyways. No, but like, um, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I've had like girls pee on me in the shower and stuff. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. Like when I'm like, uh, like romantically involved with the girl, it's like, ah, that's the body of Christ. This is communion. <laughs> so like, I'm not, I just like, eh, whatever, period, blood. Let me, here we go. You know? It's like, who cares? Like, yeah, I'll get that. Yeah, but that's a little bit different. Man. Like, mm, yeah, give me that period blood. Get Take a tampon out of my teeth. I don't care. Let's get down to business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you and your boring wife and kids, middle class lifestyle, but I'm out here doing weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. You don't even enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, like, it's not that I don't not enjoy it. It's just like, whatever. Like, well, yeah, cool. I'll watch girls pee. <laughs> Ain't no thing. Just having fun. Oh, yeah, you know, you were peeing at the same time. Oh, yeah, he wanted to watch her pee, and she's like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, you're just not going to have a sexually gratifying <laughs> marriage. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> what if that's, like, his thing, though? Like, he, you know, I guess she'll... Eventually- I feel like that's, you know, I mean, like, maybe then you, you probably should have gone and come to this marriage yeah, ahead of time. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But I feel like he was just making a... It seems like he was playing, making a joke, you know? Yeah, like? well, maybe he's making a joke, but it's also a little bit serious. You know, like, men passive-aggressively do shit like that all the time. I mean, people passive-aggressively yeah. do it all the time. Speaking of all these, or have you <laughs> these reflections? Uh, to the day we are recording this, Sunday, July seventh, it's actually my birthday. I'm now 33 years old. Oh yeah, I guess we should talk about that. That's why I'm like reflecting on all my past sexual adventures because <laughs> they're all over now. <laughs> kind of seems that way. Like I'm pretty lonely now. <laughs> I'd like being a. I think I'd be in a polyamorous relationship again though. It was all right. It was just like felt like a lot of work as far as like texting goes. Which I know it sounds strange, but I don't like texting that much. No, I mean, I get it. Like, I had to, like, text a lot. No, no, that's the whole reason I would never be in a polyamorous relationship. Because it's, it's bad enough dealing with one person all the time. It's a lot of work. Oh, I also had to, like, figure out, like, their tastes in memes. Yeah. And then, like, make sure I, I like, had different, like, catalogs of memes. Like, ah, oh, this one will be good for blank. And this one will be good for blank. And then, yeah, you just kind of, like, you just, like, you got two girlfriends, basically. And, I mean, like, they talk to each other a lot. But then, like, I don't know. It was a lot of work texting. 
And that was, that was only my only real complaint about it, honestly. But then, you know, if you think about it, what if you love one more than the other one? You know, like, what if it becomes real shit? Because mm-hmm. we were just kind of having fun when we were young. I don't know. Whatever. I'm 33. I'm down for whatever now. Yeah, but maximum overdrive. We'll get back to these boring people that don't even watch each other pee. <laughs> you don't know if any. Just these two people. Ridiculous. You I, don't know what Emilio's into. I know. I know Emilio and Elvis Costello are watching each other pee because they're like, oh, she has. They get done having sex, and she's like, well, you certainly make love like a hero. And I was like, hell yeah, I want someone to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you really saved this pussy. She's cool. Oh man, she's a badass girl. She's got a straight razor and a boot. She don't take no guff. She's, well, she's gonna hitching kill, around. She was going to kill that Bible salesman. She's going to fucking cut his gonads off. I don't think so, because she saves him from the go- Green Goblin truck. Yeah, that's because she's saving him for later. <laughs> she wants those gonads. She's like, I'll undo it with my own hands. Can't let Green Goblin get him. <laughs> I get it. I know how it is. She's a real Ned Stark. When I've, when I've deemed a man to die, he, he must die at my hands. Yeah, the man who passes the sentence has to swing the sword, or woman in this case. And the straight razor in this case. Yeah, she's pretty strong, though. She's a powerful character for the 80s, a powerful female character, I feel like. Um, mostly Emilio just saves the day and a little bit Stuart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's at least, like, they don't... They uh, ha- they deign to not make her hysterical like the other female characters. <laughs> the other female character isn't even, like, necessarily hysterical. She's just very, like... She's fed up. She's, like, done with this shit, and she wants her husband to be with her and not to deal with all these other people. Oh, I was talking about the waitress. Oh, who's like freaking out? Just, well, we made you. Let's be honest. The waitress is fine because the movie starts off with her almost getting her arm cut off by the <laughs> fucking electric knife. Yeah, remember when? This? And then it drops on the floor and tries to cut her foot off. What are you supposed to use those electric knives for? It's, it's like, like cutting turkey. And yeah, shit, carbon. That shit's weird. I don't see how it would help. Oh, it helps. Really, just because it moves slightly back uh-huh. and forth. Uh, I guess the chainsaw concept's not too different, really. And then I like that Emilio's just like, I'll just smash the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that actually does anything. Yeah, he's like... Uh, he acts. <laughs> yeah, he like takes action. He's, uh, um, he's a real go-getter. He's the Stephen King proxy. Based on Stephen King in the 80s when he was doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> and smashing... Did you watch the trailer knives. for this movie? No, I didn't. It's really good. There's a part where he's like... At the end, he's because he's introducing the movie in the trailer. And, oh, is he? Well, yeah. And then at the end, he's like, "I'm gonna scare the hell out of you," and he just points at the camera for a long time. <laughs> and you're like, "I'm not scared of you, Stephen King. You look fucking weird." <laughs> he's got like a weird guy face, you know, not like a handsome Emilio face, but like a weird guy face. <laughs> Did Emilio Estevez ever get crazy like his dad and his brother? Like, was there ever a period where Emilio was just, like, fucking nuts? I can't think of one. Maybe, like, more privately. Mm. Yeah, because his brother and his dad fucking crazy. Obviously, Charlie Sheen's the craziest. Martin Sheen, fucking also crazy. What about uh, his brother, old Joe Estevez? Joe Estevez, he was probably pretty crazy. He's a soul taker. Man, that guy's face is small. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Salt We should watch that movie. I know, I know it's like basically. This movie is. I, I was talking to this about this to, to to Ryan, and I'm like, yeah, it's basically like a movie they'd watch on Mr. Science Theater. Yeah, that's the thing about Salt Taker is um the uh, movie itself is kind of like taking a back seat to the Mystery Science Theater episode about the movie. Like the movie, I don't know if it can even stand on its own anymore. Like it's you would rather just watch Mystery Science Theater watching it yeah. than actually watch the movie. So I don't know if we'll do that one. That's like Manos Hands of Fate, too. There's some movies from Mystery Science Theater that are so specifically Mystery Science Theater now. Where it's like, I don't know if I'll ever even need to watch that movie yeah. on its own. Or Future Wars with Dinosaurs? Yeah, hell no. <laughs> dinosaurs in boxes. There's so many boxes. <laughs> like There's a lot of cardboard boxes. <laughs> um... Oh, sorry about all the tangents. I'm just uh, going crazy because of my birthday. But um, Stephen King hurt a lot of people on this movie because they uh, just basically made remote-controlled death machines. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, at one point, that lawnmower they made. Mm-hmm. You'll notice, too, when it's running that the, the stock wheels, the actual wheels on the lawnmower aren't turning. Yeah. Because they just have something under it that's empowering it. It just They lost control of it, and it kept going. And it ran into, like, the wood frame block that the cameraman was on. <laughs> and the, the blades just tore it up and shot splinters everywhere. And the dude lost his eye. He sued oh, Stephen King. Oh, shit. Yep. 
Yeah, so that happened. There's a few other injuries, but I just that one was the the most like oh fuck you lost an eye. <laughs> so um, I, I mean that's not that bad. I mean, some people died on the uh, set of a uh, Twilight Zone movie. So oh, uh, John Landis directed that, huh? <laughs> maybe that wasn't Landis. Maybe that's why he can't get work now. <laughs> and then the one of the stuntmen died on the Dark Knight Returns, right? Or not in Returns, the Dark Knight Rises. That sucks. I'd rather die on the Dark Knight than the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It might have been the Dark Knight. I was one of those Batman movies. What's uh what's your favorite death in this one this movie? Uh, about oh, I like the, the I, comic. I like when um the kid gets crushed by a steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty good. Um, Coops is like, I don't know if I want to watch this movie. <laughs> well, it's apparently the um the, the, originally they uh, wanted the scene to be more gruesome. Like you said, squirts or something. Well, Steven Spielberg wanted the like Steven Spielberg the, or, King. or Stephen King wanted the imprint of the boy to be like in blood on steamroller, so you could see it driving away, like, <laughs> stamps of the kid. That's great. So their plan was like, yeah, they filled the dummy with just like a bunch of fake blood, and then when they did it, it like just shot the blood out of him like a toothpaste, <laughs> like you're rolling up toothpaste. That would be great. Like all out of the top of his head, like so much gore. Like, and they had to cut it because it was like way too violent. <laughs> I do like the see right before this when the coach gets uh, domed by the fucking soda yeah. can. Um, I, what I like about that scene is when the kids are running away. You can tell <laughs> some of them, some of them are really just getting hit by like flying soda cans. Like one kid gets it in a tailbone, you can tell he's just like, oh. <laughs> I like the two kids that kind of get hit, but then just lay down like they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else would you do? I'd be like, oh man, free sodas, but I just gotta get low. Uh, that's like the beginning of the dude in the arcade when like the cigarette oh, machine. Like, cigarettes and coins. Well, hell yeah, cigarettes. They don't ever show what happens to them, do they? Yeah, they do. Um, like one of the video machines starts oh, flashing. Oh, and he explodes gets on him. Yeah. That's right. He was almost out of there too. He's like fucking full of coins. Got cigarettes. Like man, this is a good day for me. Got Twinkies stuck into my hat. Then he got mesmerized. Uh, when the kid's going around his neighborhood on his bike. They like did not put a lot of thought into some of those background deaths. There's a lady who's strangled by her hair dryer. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Well, how, yeah, how long? It's got shot. It uh, blowed. It, it was blowing really so fast. Hard. Spun real Whoa. Quick. That um, that sequence bothered me the most out of anything in the movie. Because like, the why are the uh, sprinklers all the way at the edge of the lawn and they just shoot up in the air? Like, why does oh, every so just so the scene? Would, yeah, like would every, why does every house have the same spring sprinkler? It yeah. annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Like that part could have been cut a little bit, and I think the tension would have worked better. Yeah, also, what? There's a note, Stephen King. The, I mean, also, why is the kid like that threatened by the ice cream truck? I know, like, Cause it could run a moat, you know what I mean? But, like, there's so many obstacles in the neighborhood where it's like, you know, it can't be that threatening. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you go in the house, and, like, out of nowhere, the toaster. Throws you into a bathtub full of water and jumps in with you. The other thing is, is that it just seems really inconsistent with what electronics go crazy. Well, because, yeah, there's even cars that people are driving that, that don't seem to be affected, mind, right? Yeah. Like, how is it spread? Does it only, like, certain machines? Because it seems like the Green Goblin truck infects all the other trucks at the truck stop at one point. Yeah, because he brings to life the, those ones are supposed to be depots. Yeah, like the old ass ones that are broken down and sh- not broken down, but you know, not normally running. Right, right. And he brings them to life and they throw trash over. The internal consistency, internal logic of the movie is not that great. Yeah, and it is a little, it's consistent. A little. But again, if you're going for that '50s movie feel, I guess it's okay. But it's uh, aliens and cocaine. <laughs> it's like fuck it, man. We're just. I, I feel like even some of Stephen King's output where he's on cocaine had some internal consistency. Like Cujo, Christine. That's the one about the evil car, right? <laughs> he's man. He's he hates cars. He hadn't, he hadn't even been hit by a car yet. <laughs> that's not until like 1999, right? Yeah, June 19th, 1999. Is that it? Something like that. Yeah, because I think he, it's. I thought it was later than that. He but. uses uh, or June 9th. He uses nine or 19 a lot in books beyond that point. Because he's like, man, I'm real fucked up from getting hit. <laughs> Which I guess uh, I could see it happening. I haven't been hit by a car. One time I saw a kid get his leg run over by a bus. I think you were there too. Was I? Maybe I not. This. Yeah, he was just like stepped out on the street as a bus was turning, and like I don't even know exactly what happened. It didn't make sense to me. I can never piece it together because I was kind of looking the other way. When I looked back, there's a lot of blood coming out of his leg. <laughs> <laughs> 
He wasn't screaming or anything either because of the shock. He was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's blood coming here. <laughs> what? What's wrong with my leg? Yeah, I guess it's not funny, but in retrospect, it's kind of funny. I mean, he didn't, I don't think he died or anything, so it's fun. A fucking gun car shows up. An army car. And a bulldozer. And then they're here to enslave the human race. Yeah, like, all right, time for our plan of action to get gasoline. So, admittedly, I've never pumped gas for a solid eight hours. But I do not think it would be that excruciating. Well, it's because I think it's because it's so hot outside is the, the problem. Yeah, but they show the thermostat and it's like, oh, it's 100 degrees. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it sucks being out in the sun working 100 degree weather for eight hours a day. But uh, it's like 115 here. And there's been there's been times where I've worked out in 115. Degree I don't know, man. Like, I, like not that long ago, you were at my house helping me with rocks and it was only like 95 degrees and you yeah, were done after like an hour. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It's hard to be in the sun, but my, um, so that's the thing is I get it, but like, they're so like, the other thing too, so I think we're not supposed from it. I don't think they do. Or Stephen King does a good job of conveying the passage of time here. Cause I think several days actually take place. Right oh, here. so they've been like working like nonstop. Right. Of. All right. That's different. And then they show me those hands and they're all tore up. Right. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't take that much like manual dexterity work to open gas caps and pump gas. I don't know if your hands would be torn up like that. Right. And well, they also talk about how they're moving shit down to the basement and they're planning to escape. So I, again, I think they were supposed to assume days was going on. Yeah. But they didn't convey the past. I guess well. one time I had to like tear upholstery off of furniture for like 10 hours. <laughs> and I was done at a warehouse job. And like, uh, my hands fucking hurt afterwards, obviously, cause I was doing it mostly by hand. But like my hands weren't like that tore up, you know, eventually one of my fingernails fell off, but, <laughs> yeah, that tore up though. Yeah, no, no, not really. Yeah, so I don't buy it. I think Stephen King doesn't know anything about labor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. Why? All he's, all he's done his whole life is read books and write. Books. <laughs> he's never had a real job. He's a rich New Englander, isn't he? No. What? He is now. What? <laughs> what are you? What are you talking about? He grew, he grew up, up a poor kid. Grew up in Derry. He was the rich kids on the hill. <laughs> he was. uh Mike, who's the main character in it? I don't remember his name. Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> no, that's the Stranger Things kid. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess you're right. They just didn't show the passage of time very well, and but they did. They have a gas truck come in. I like that. We're like, we're all out of gas. Sorry, you fucks. <laughs> and then the truck's like, so yeah, pushing them around. Right. <laughs> Give feed me more gas i yeah i like that that actually went to the movie actually works for me it seems really threatening yeah where it's just pushing him i like that I, especially like at first when he's like gonna stand up to the truck where he's straight up like squaring up to it. <laughs> so, yeah you get him emilio you get that truck <laughs> only like the rock could stop a truck like that <laughs> shobs and huh hobs and shops <laughs> shops and huh hobs and shops <laughs> Hobson and Chaw and Hobson and Chaw and plan- Hobbs. You plan on seeing that movie? Fuck no. Oh. I haven't seen it. We talked about this at least once before. I have not seen a Fast and Furious since. Too Fast, Too Furious. You didn't see Tokyo Drift? I, I did not see Tokyo Drift. I don't know how they drift in Tokyo. I saw it on TV one time, I think. I got uh, I got Fast 8 or Furious 8 or whichever one is something 8 for free uh, when I signed up for Movie Edge Anywhere, but that's that's it. Did you I watch it? it? I haven't oh. watched it yet. Good thing that shit was free. That's like uh, when everyone's iPod or iPhone got the new YouTube album. <laughs> They're pissed about it for Everyone's some reason. Mad. Will you give me the fucking garbage? How dare you give me YouTube? <sighs> yeah, so uh, Emilio explains. He's like, yeah, those big trucks, they can't crash into here because they'll fall through the floor. So that's why they got machine gun truck. He'd come here and waste us all. So we better listen to his Morse code and get gas. They get him the gas. They're out of gas. Gas truck comes, says, more gas. <laughs> they give him more gas, but then they're like, no, nah, we're going to secretly go through the tunnels like the little kid did. And he's like, oh, previously he'd mentioned he'd heard of a special island called Haven where they don't allow any mechanization. Mm-hmm. Is that a real island in North Carolina? I meant to look it up, but I didn't know. No. Um, I did look into it, and I remember it was made up for the movie. And then there's another TV show that was made eventually called Haven, I think recently, and it's based off the same idea. 
but I don't remember. Or trucks go crazy? And no. Oh. Well, I was like reading about it, and it went off in this tangent about this other show where I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was on Sci Fi Channel or some shit. Fuck it. It sounded like garbage. <laughs> but basically, it's not a real place. Um, I like that it's kind of um, basically what they're going to do at the end of the Dawn of the Dead remake. I think they he, they accidentally or purposely just stole it. Who? Uh, Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, or? just stole the idea. Of like, oh, just go get on a boat and go to an island or something. I mean, it's it's kind of just a logical idea, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, to, oh, I don't know if zombies can swim or anything. Let's just go get on a fucking boat. Fucking boat. Uh-uh, with your flippy floppies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would like to think that they, they probably did. Or it's an homage. It's a nice way to say Yeah, right? Yeah, because there's not a lot of original ideas in the Dawn of the Dead remake being a remake of another movie with the other... Made by the exact same character. <laughs> yeah. It's one of his best movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that and 300. Uh, the Watchmen seems like it's going to be cool for about five minutes. And then you're like, ooh, what? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, so sorry, Zack Snyder. You should remake Maximum Overdrive. Someone should remake it. Stephen King, you should remake Maximum Overdrive. One more bite of the apple. So uh, Someone apparently asked him at one point why he didn't direct more movies. And he's like, have you seen Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> he makes jokes like that about uh, oh. movies and screenplays. I've seen yeah, apparently times. he really hates this movie, though. He's like, it's, it's a moron movie. Well, you made it, you moron. <laughs> Talking shit about. I think he, that he's being too hard on himself. Like it's like a, it's a fun bad movie. Yeah, like no, it's, uh, maybe it's not exactly what he intended. I think that's probably his big complaint about it. But it is just like, it, and it has like cult status now because it's fun. You know, the one thing I will movie. say is like some of the character work is not what I expect from Stephen King. You know what I mean? Well, like, there's a lot of people. Here's my thing: is there's a lot of people in the diner that we that a just lot don't back just bland. nobodies. Yeah, and so they. My thing is they didn't they could have used them at least for like cool kills if mm-hmm. they're not going to amount to anything. It's just thin out the numbers and then you can have like cool um gore scenes and effects and stuff. But they don't even do that. So there's just people in the background that are there. How much uh I mean I don't again what I don't know if you did a lot of research on this one or not, but you know how if there's any interference or uh, how much control he actually had over all this cuz he's writer director. Oh, so this is pretty much uh, Dino De Laurentiis, uh-huh. the guy that his studio. Well, he, so Dino De Laurentiis bought out a studio that he was under contract to to produce two movies for. But he bought out that studio and mm-hmm. he was like, now nah, I just do what I want. And like this was his first movie. And he's like, Stephen King, do what you want. Huh. Yeah. So he, it's kind of just, I'm sure obviously he was. Uh, somewhat like hamstrung by the cocaine because <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of quote-unquote great ideas on cocaine but you, you don't follow through on them and they're not necessarily great ideas <laughs> and you don't have the capacity for probably the long-term thought or complex problem solving that is definitely involved in an effects heavy movie i think that's probably why people got hurt and some shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I, that might have been the biggest detriment to the movie. Is it's not Stephen King. Is the white lady at his best? Yeah, you can't feel bad about that at this point. Stephen King, you could direct another movie. Yeah, man, to give it a try. I, I mean, direct something for Amazon slash the BBC. They'll make anything. It seems like <laughs> he does. Stephen King does not have like a visual eye though, based on this movie. So I don't know if he needs to direct a film, anyways. Yeah. There's plenty of people that make movies that have no visual eye, so just another drop in the bucket, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The, for being his first movie, it's it's better than I would expect. Yeah, it's very competently made, but it's it could it's like a TV movie, you know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, fair. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But at that point, I'm sure most of the sets he'd been on were TV movies because for a long time, people were just making his shit into TV movies, right? Around the 80s. Are oh, no, because nah, Carrie yeah. and Cujo and... Well, Cujo was after this. Is it? I thought Cujo was like early was 80s. I don't know. I think it was after this, but I have to oh. look it up. Uh, Carrie, at least. He got to hang out with Brian De Palma. <laughs> Brian De Palma's a good director. He's a weird-ass dude, but he directed a few good movies. Oh, so weird that there's people that really, really, really love Brian De Palma like as if he's on par with Scorsese and Spielberg and stuff. And I know he's from like the same generation, so he gets lumped in with them, but... like. He's not as good as Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say is as good as Scorsese? No one really. I guess Steven Spielberg's the closest, but uh, like honestly, like half of Steven Spielberg's filmography, I, I don't really like that much anymore. I think he's better when he does like 
serious personal shit, you know? Like, Jaws like, is my favorite Spielberg Like, the movie. War of the Worlds. Yeah, World of the Worlds is bad. I, the, the political intrigue shit he's been doing recently. Like, Lincoln's cool. Lincoln's a good movie, but, like, The Post and some that other movie he made, like, A Bridge Too Far. <laughs> That's not what it was, but, like, the other Tom Hanks movie he made before that, that was, like, a political intrigue movie. Like, that shit's boring. Um, his sci-fi stuff in the 80s, like, I don't think is that good. Close Encounters is worth watching. E.T. is worth watching. How dare you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I guess the, he's the only person that's really on par with Scorsese. He's just not as good as Scorsese. Who is? Quentin Tarantino? No, he's only about to make his ninth film. And he's always just always worried about making a bad one. Guess what? Scorsese's made like two bad movies. It happens to everyone. Make more movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the... the Good Feathers song from uh, Animaniacs about Scorsese. We always perch on Scorsese's head. We always perch on Scorsese's head. Isn't that? There's like a statue that. of Martin Scorsese they always sit on. Yeah, because they're the Good Feathers. Well, I guess that wraps up for Maximum Overdrive. They uh, finally bazooka the Green Goblin <laughs> semi, who's like meant to be like the main antagonist, but he doesn't really do very much. He mm-hmm. just is more interesting looking than the other trucks. His eyes light up, so... And everyone's like, yeah, we did it. Good job, Billy. And they, <laughs> I like when the kid shoots the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the talking the intercom, for the fast food intercom. This is for my dad. Now you take this gun. I've done everything <laughs> I need to do. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> Humans here. Humans, Humans here. Humans here. Yeah, they all jump on the boat. And they're like, fuck yeah, we did it. Everything's great. And they sail off into the sunrise because it's like, you know, early morning. By the time they get there and all that shit. And then we get another little bit of exposition. Well, yeah, there's uh, another title card that's like, ah, it turns out there was a UFO and the USSR shot it down with a class four nuclear device and a laser. <laughs> and uh, first moved out of the comet. Six days later, the comet went away and everything was fine. Like, oh, oh no, it's uh, the Dixie Boy survivors are still survivors. Oh, none of them died of dehydration or exposure or anything. Huh? <laughs> Interesting. Not even that fat guy. <laughs> oh, there's that like um, steamroller that shows up eventually, right? And he's oh, I, we forgot the part where they're tearing down the gas station. That's great when all yeah, the trucks all the are like falling. they're fucking mad. Like damn it, our <laughs> yeah, and they're tearing down the gas station. It's pretty cool. I like the way they had like practical ways for the trucks to be able to do it. Like one of them opens, it's like. A trailer lift in the back so it can like get the overhang and pull it down yeah i like that they actually destroyed a truck stuff yeah it is totally happening and they straight up blew it up too <laughs> yeah light some gas on fire let's go and uh, only like three or four people got hurt and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's hollywood in the 80s in a nutshell <laughs> I, people did get hurt a lot more often back then because they were just like fuck it we'll do it it's cool i i think it was the twilight zone movie that kind of Everyone was like, uh, we might need to be safer about these things because well, kids got killed. Wasn't the Twilight Zone movie before this, though? No, uh, I think it's I like, think it, I think it was, but I could be wrong. All right, I don't know. I'll have to look into it more. Well, I guess there's a rash of movie injuries. Yeah. There's still movie injuries all the time. Yeah, that's true. They're usually not kids, though. I feel like that was the big thing about the Twilight Zone ones. Right. The kids died. <laughs> and, like, horrifically. Like, everyone was, uh, traumatized <laughs> everyone on set was like oh my god <laughs> yeah the helicopter tipped over and like decapitated like a bunch of kids right and, yeah, and like the main star yeah. oh, um i can't remember his name yeah, he was a famous actor uh-huh. <laughs> not so famous anymore it's good more infamous <laughs> yeah. uh, the helicopter is like hey don't let it go to your head <laughs> <laughs> bad dad joke <laughs> i'm not even a dad um, trying to be someone's daddy though, I'm getting lonely. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, are you starting to get gray hair in your beard yet? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, oh, mine are like white, but I think that's just because it's my my beard's way redder than yours, so it usually like turns to piss, <laughs> piss. instead of being gray. But uh, you know that's part of getting old. You um, I don't know. You get gray everywhere. Yeah, I got hair growing in ear my ears now. Which is uh, interesting. 
My thing is, um, and it's not necessarily part of being old because it started when I was like 19 or 20. But I remember when we were young and we'd be on the boat, like water skiing and shit at the lake. Uh-huh. And like grandpa would be driving. And I'd always look at the back of his arms. And like grandpa had like nice like triceps or whatever. You got hair on your triceps. Yeah, but he'd have like patches of hair. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? What's that all about? And then. That's one thing. I don't really have hair on my triceps. I, uh, it's on my, look on my left arm. It's so intense. And then on my right arm, not as much. And then also on my left shoulder, there's like long ass black hairs. Not on my right shoulder, and the rest of my body hair is like obviously very light because I'm a redhead. But I don't know testosterone, puberty <laughs> stuff. I don't know it's a weird time to be a man. Yeah, make you strong. Supposedly has something to do with early male pattern baldness. Yeah, I've heard that too, but whatever. I'm not going bald though. Got a full head of hair. It's not too red anymore though, but it's all right because I heard um, Disney actively wants to suppress gingers. <laughs> Because they cast a black area. <laughs> People are real upset about it. I think uh, to make up for it, they should cast a white Sebastian. Like a white crab? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like a white dude to do the voice. Oh. And he can still do a Jamaican accent. It'd be really offensive. Yeah, that'll work. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say it right now. It's not. I don't think it's offensive to do accents. I'll do a Jamaican accent right now. I'll be Sebastian. If it's good. <laughs> but Ariel. Come on down there, Ariel. Wagwan. <laughs> Mine's not very good. Mine seems like it would be offensive. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, if you can't do it right, it does seem offensive. Well, not offensive, but, like, in poor taste. Like, you should have done the work. You know? <laughs> That's true. I think it's I'm best. looking at you, Keanu. <laughs> Fuck Keanu Reeves. Everyone loves him. I don't know. He seems like a Shitty nice British guy, accent. He makes bad movies. I don't care about John Wick. The first one was all right. Man, all right. Well... I think that's it for Maximum Overdrive and in Space Force. Yeah, this, this is our last episode, <laughs> guys. Maximum Overdrive took a lot out of me, man. I don't know. <laughs> I knew what I wanted to watch next, too, but I forgot. I don't have anything. I can go to the list if you want. Anything else you want to talk about before we close this one off? I don't, you said it, man. The <laughs> 80s were racist. And I, I enjoyed the way Stranger Things um, deals with complex societal issues of the time. That are really still problems today. So Yeah. And by having... A mall in it, and the sheriff of the town's one act that is legally a police act is disrupting the protest against the mall because it's ruining small business. He is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he kidnaps people. <laughs> That's the thing is they um someone was like. No, no, I think it's like they're actually trying to lampoon the capitalism of the 80s. Yeah, but they're doing a shit job of it. I think they absolutely inadvertently, any political commentary that's in it, completely accidental. Because all they're doing is recreating pastiches, a pastiche of bullshit they remember from other 80s movies that maybe had something to say. But since they're taking it whole cloth from something else and just putting these pieces together, it seems like they have something to say, but it's just because they carry it over from another movie. None of it lines up and makes an entirely like cohesive picture. Yeah, again, I've only seen two episodes, so maybe I'll, I'll be completely off base on, on this, but the, the second episode, um, they have the main street of the town is closing down because of the new shopping mall has opened up. The mayor is about to kick all these protesters out of there because of some stupid shit about a permit, right? Yeah. And at the same time, uh, Elle has this great life-changing experience doing the, uh, the shopping trip at the mall, right? Uh-huh. Does that actually go anywhere in any of the episodes? Have you seen... No? So, no, there's no fucking political commentary, guys. Because yeah, if there was, it's it all would, tied on that episode it and would, it would go somewhere. It would mean something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking A. No, it's... Uh, well, <laughs> It's a return to the, everything's a return to the status quo, like as I talked about before when we talked about the uh, Frankfurt School, where all media is like the return to the status quo because everything always just ends up in the great um, utopia that is modern liberalism. And Maximo capitalism. Overdrive didn't. Hell no, fucking now everyone's living on boats, <laughs> living on islands without machines. It probably would change the world after that, where people would just play. Fuck machines. Oh, I wouldn't fuck trucks for sure. So we had like a nice little cohesion between Runaway and Maximum Overdrive, I think, where it's like the machines rebelling. <laughs> but there's an actual threat in Maximum Overdrive. But I do like the most threatening machine in both of them is like, all right, but what if a machine had a gun? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, man. No way. That's right. So you're saying guns are the real problem. I guess. Well, um, 
It's not guns that are dangerous. It's machines with guns. <laughs> it's the evil nature of machines having guns. So what are we going to watch next week? <laughs> the Monster Squad. So yeah. we're talking about bland 80s yeah. kids movies. Yeah, we can watch the Monster Squad. That way, yeah, we'll have, uh, you'll watch more Stranger Things. We'll have more to talk about in comparison to these, uh, these two works of art as they are. The Monster Squad. Monster and Squad. And Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing the trailer for season two and it's like, look, they're dressed like the Ghostbusters. Look, everyone's got a Reagan sign in their front yard. It's like, ugh. I don't know if I can watch yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, but that, the shit, like the Ghostbuster shit and the Reagan sign, it's just scene dressing. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all just pastiche. I know I keep saying that, but that's straight up what this show is. Yeah, it? I know, but you use it too much. <laughs> There's just no other way to describe it's, it. It's all meaningless. You sound like a pretentious, boozy, bougie shit. Nah, I'm poor and working class. I just read books. I like reading books. <laughs> Reading books. Reading books. It's because I can't afford to do anything else. Her nephew was over here. He's like, have you seen Midsommar yet? And I was like, no, nah, I can't afford to go to movies. <laughs> <laughs> gotta read books. You gotta pirate those movies. Yeah, but it won't be out yet on the internet. Soon yeah, enough. there's a cam. Some guy's got a uh, webcam I'm, in the back of the movie. I'm not gonna watch that movie on a <laughs> webcam, man. That's, this is real shit. Yeah, so that has been Space Force. Um, remember, our theme song is a copy of... A tangerine dream, not strange things. They just happen to copy the same thing that we copied. That we copied, but tan- every fucking tangerine dream did like somewhere soundtrack work in the eighties. So everything you think is original is probably someone just copying tangerine dream. Like when you listen to like the cyberpunk or synthwave or any of that shit, like playlists on YouTube or most of my Dungeons Dragons music. Yeah, they're probably just copying tangerine dream. So shut up. Jerks. <laughs> you didn't even you 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 fucking nerds didn't even know about Tangerine Dream until I started talking about it. Now you're gonna search for it on YouTube. I changed your life. Space Force. <laughs>